Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 221 of the Membership Guys podcast. I'm your host, Mike Morrison, and today I'm joined by none other than Callie Willows, the other half of the Membership Guys, for the second part of our look back at our very first live event, Retain Live 2019. I'm looking forward to to talking about the event itself. In the last episode, we talked all about the prep and the build-up, but we left off pretty much the day before the actual event started coming together. Yeah, and it and it took a turn. It did it take a turn. A turn. Yeah. For, for the better, fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't listened to the first part of uh, our Retain Live debrief, I'd encourage you to listen to that first. So jump back to the previous episode on your podcast player or head to themembershipguys.com slash 220 to listen to that first part because the, the build-up took us to a place where kind of a, a day before everything kicked off with the event, we were we were in a bit of a dark place. I was going to say, it took us to a dark place. It, it took us to some, some sleepless nights, some stress, some anxiety. Well, anxiety for me anyway. And... And yeah, we we weren't looking forward to this, no, really. No, we were just waiting to get it over and done with. We were so, so burned out. So, <laughs> fortunately, if you followed us on social or you were at the event, you'll know that it did take a turn. And when Tuesday came, so the event ran Tuesday, well, technically the two main days of the event were Wednesday and Thursday. They were the days where we had speakers and all of that. But we had decided to do an early registration the evening of the Tuesday. Uh, just, I think, for logistical reasons to get um, to, to get as many people set up with their badges and ready as possible before the, the real main event started. Because the last thing you want is people queuing out of the door at 8 in the morning and you're kind of wanting to start the event. So we did a little pre-registration mixer where we got some free drinks for people and um, we we kind of tied that into them registering and getting their name badges and their swag bags and all that sort of stuff. And so technically, well, it was a two-day event, but really it was a three-day event. But we had access to the venue, to the, the main foyer and everything like that for... The entirety of that day. Yeah, for the for the Tuesday, we'd paid extra to actually like hire the room for that entire day as well. So n- normally, yeah. with an event, um, you you would normally get access to the room the evening before, often not till like one a.m. in order yeah. to set up. So we actually made the decision that we wanted to to pay a significant chunk extra. To be honest with you, yeah, it wasn't cheap. Um, to to hire the room for that entire Tuesday as well so that we had plenty of time to set up. We knew there was a lot of different bits and pieces that we were going to be doing with the space. It was quite a big space. Yeah. Um, and so we just wanted plenty of time for the AV and stuff to be set up, for everything to be tested and to run this pre-registration and welcome drinks. And that was money really well spent. I can, I can honestly say if you can hire the event space the day before, yes, it costs more money, but it gives you so much more freedom in terms of the setup. It's so much easier. If we'd been setting up at one, a.m. in the morning or heaven forbid AV had been setting up at 1 a.m. in the morning and we didn't see it till the morning you know 20 minutes before the event started then that would have been way way more stressful yeah it really would have been in fact the first venue we looked at for retain live one of the issues and 
one of what turned out to be many issues was the fact that they didn't want to let us into the room until one in the morning. Um, and while AV companies can do that, like we didn't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't want an AV crew who were tired from having to set up at crazy hours in the morning. So that was definitely a good decision. So that day there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of ferrying, all the printed stuff, all the things for the swag bags, the sponsor um, giveaways. We had some cool little things our sponsor sent us for the swag bags. So there was a lot of ferrying backwards and forwards between our house, which is about 20 minutes away from the venue, and the venue itself. Um, and so having access for the full day just made it easier rather than trying to slot that in to you know a one-hour window or something like that. So I think actually... All of that type of stuff, all of the setup and starting to see things coming together, seeing the stage being built, which it was mostly built by the time we got there because the AV crew had been there from like seven in the morning. And this was a this was a really big, cool, impressive stage it was, as well. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, Mike was always quite insistent on wanting the stage to be... A, a wow factor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which I didn't disagree with, but I very much left the stage to yeah. you to i knew you had visions for what you wanted yeah. so i kind of left that to you to a large extent exactly and the av company we worked with you know uh, we they're the best in the region they do most of their work outside of the northeast in fact they're so in demand and we knew that there was some local companies that were were more um about the small scale events they could put together a a, a cute little staging area but we wanted something that showed that we meant business, right? Yeah, we wanted to make a statement. Yeah, we wanted to make that big impression. We wanted people taking photos of it for it to look great in all of the um, in all of the professional photos because we had professional photographers there. We obviously were getting the event recorded, so every session was filmed. We wanted to make sure that our speakers looked great, the backdrop looked great, and it didn't look like we were just in a dusty hotel room. So again, just giving the AV team the ability to come in at their leisure and set up without any time pressures. It meant the staging was set up by, it was about midday to 1 p.m. It was it was done, really, the stage. Yeah, and then it became about the sound checks and stuff. And it was really lucky we had the extra time because we actually had some issues with some of the PowerPoints and yeah. things like that. So it gave plenty of time to sort sort yeah. some issues out and test things. Definitely, because when you've got guest speakers and they're all preparing their own presentations and sending it over, then... Even even if you can give them every instruction on making sure there's no potential issues with fonts or animations or this, that, and the other, there'll always be one or two little things creep in. So we had a few things crop up, and the fact that actually our AV team were, were pretty much just free and available for the whole of that afternoon because all of the the heavy lifting of their job was was done by the time midday came around that meant we were able to work through those it meant we were able to let our speakers come and see the stage early and get up on the stage get a feel for the space run through any questions they had with the av team and correct any issues uh, or you know i think one or two speakers just want to rejig the order of their slides and yeah so that was while that was all going on we also had our event management team the guys from beacon house they were there like getting the, the the signage all put up and positioned, getting the name badges ready. Um, as I was going back and forth to the house, ferrying some boxes around, 
you and that team and Sam and Laura from our team, uh, they like stuffing the swag bags, like 200 swag bags. Folding t-shirts. Folding (laughs) t-shirts, like all of that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, and I think that did two things because that night before we were just, we were just done. Like we had it in our heads that, you know what, we'll get this out of the way. We just need to get to the end of the week and it'll all be over. Like we were so, so burned. But what that Tuesday did is it allowed us, I think, to distract ourselves from those kind of um, thoughts because one, you're starting to actually see things coming together. Yeah, I think for me, like, because I was there all day, essentially, once we got there, whereas you were going back and forth. So I, I was kind of there seeing everything come together and, and seeing how good everything looked and, and starting to get excited at, you know, actually, we've we've done this. This yeah. is something we, we've put together and it's going to be awesome. And then, you know, we did have some attendees dropping in to, to stick their head in and say hello, <laughs> which on the one hand was lovely because it was really nice to meet some people in advance and things but at the same time I was very conscious of the fact that I was in like very casual clothes not really wearing any makeup and looking been, a bit of a mess yeah and, and you you know we'd both been loading up the van yeah. and stuff earlier so we were both a little disheveled yeah. and hot and sweaty it was, and- it was probably not the best first impression I could have, <laughs> have had on some of our attendees who popped their head in but bless them none of them seemed to mind yeah. Um, but yeah and it was good you know getting to work with the event team and starting to really feel like, actually, you know what, this is all coming together and relaxing into it a little bit, because I think at that point I was kind of like, you know what, this is all happening. I might as well enjoy it. There's no point yeah. in stressing. There's no point being anxious. There's absolutely nothing else we can do at this point. So let's just re- lean into it and enjoy it. Yeah. And I think part of the issue uh, that I think led to us starting to get real burned out is that it was quite an isolated process, yeah. us preparing for the event. Because one, we're all about that instant gratification. We don't do well with delayed gratification. So it just seems like you're doing all this work for no payoff. Um, And then obviously when the Tuesday came, we start to see the payoff starting to creep in, starting to happen. Then it's like, oh, wow, yeah, actually, this is why we worked so hard. Like all that, that design work that we did. Oh, this is the actual result. Because again, like even when we were designing all sorts of stuff or ordering swag and stuff, most of the time when they were coming, they were just packed away in the boxes, like yeah. the, the banners and the signage and all that. You're not actually getting the full effect of it. So I think the other thing that that happened on the Tuesday was the realization that we weren't just doing this on our own. Yeah. We had fantastic teams on the event management side. We had our own team, Team TMG, um, on hand. We had an amazing AV company. We had um, great venue staff, and and you kind of almost forget that and lose sight of that when it's just the two of you working from home, getting everything ready yourselves. When we got there and we saw how much had happened without us needing to be there, it made us remember, all right, yeah, this is why we brought on these pros, and actually this is going to, to make the next few days a lot easier because we've got people in place who are going to make things happen and who are going to do all the heavy lifting and take care of problems and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think as as we as we hit the afternoon on the Tuesday, I think we were both feeling a little bit of, of a bounce yeah. up from from hitting that 
that kind of burnout point the previous weekend. Yeah, I was definitely moving into too excited. Still nervous because yeah. for me, especially the speaking, I was very nervous about because mm-hmm. that was completely new to me. And, you know, we were starting off the event on the Wednesday with a keynote that the two of us were doing together. And again, that was new for you as well because you've never, we've never done something together no. like that. You're used to speaking, but it was very new for you to kind of share the stage. Yeah, and my, my whole process and my whole approach to, to speaking is is a one that's not particularly conducive to a double act so it was a learning curve for me as well and and yeah you know that was going to be a chance for us and we didn't we didn't get a chance to rehearse on that Tuesday, did we? Which, no, we planned to, but we just had yeah. so much going on. We thought we'd take a little time out and things, but then we had about we ended up with about an hour before the pre-registration, where we went up to our hotel room because we were staying at the hotel, and you know we thought should we do a run through the talk, but actually we just we just needed to didn't sit down, catch our breath, get changed, and just relax for a little bit. Yeah, before for 30 minutes. The, yeah before the pre-registration <laughs> started. Yeah, you know I think the the biggest stress that day was we had an issue with our speakers gifts where until about an hour before they were due to be delivered to our speakers we didn't know if they were going to be no (laughs) we didn't um you know we'd we got customized bobbleheads of each of our speakers which is something i honestly i've wanted to do just for us two for a while to have a customized mike and callie bobblehead but always felt a little a little ott a little uh, egocentric but the fact we were putting on this event gave a good excuse to do that. So we got custom-made bubbles for all of the speakers with uh, with them wearing a T-shirt with the Retain branding, but they turned up without the Retain logo on. And the, I think they arrived without them on the Friday before the event, which left us no time to, to go back to the suppliers and get them to do it. So there was a scramble. Our event team were helping us in sourcing these. There was a scramble with our event team to to get a local kind of hand-painting um, specialist who, who hand-paints models to literally hand-paint on the logo onto all the T-shirts. But they had they had to drag the poor guy in on his day off to do that and that meant that we didn't get those speakers gifts until an hour before they they had to be given out to the speakers so that was it's a silly little thing but i think especially when you're starting to see everything come together and realize okay all these pieces are slotting into place knowing that there's still one big piece out there there's still one thing and we what we really wanted to to make sure we were we got these gifts in the hands of the speakers because we wanted them to think wow this is so cool i'm going to pull out my phone take a photo put it on social media and obviously these speakers all have big audiences of their own that's more exposure for us and all that so it wasn't just an ego thing or or this is really cool thing it was actually a tactical exposure thing for us to get these gifts to speakers so it was a little you you in particular were were getting more and more like I was getting very anxious mainly because I didn't know what was happening. Mm, Like, yeah, yeah, because the event team were handling it, we didn't necessarily know what was happening and things. And so I was getting more anxious about the fact that it wasn't something I was in control of. And I think if you listen to the past episode, we definitely realised throughout this process. We're a little bit control freaks. Yeah, we are are control freaks. Um, (laughs) We're we're accustomed to knowing absolutely everything that's going on and having a, a huge degree of control over everything that's happening. So yeah, um, but you know, if that was that was kind of the biggest stressor, the worst thing on the Tuesday, which I think is is pretty good going. Yeah. When that's the biggest thing we've we've had to worry about, other than obviously nerves about various aspects of the next day, I think we did pretty well. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that day I definitely leaned more into the excitement, enjoyment, just yeah. just looking forward to it. Yeah, and all along, our AV team, event team, venue team had kept telling us, like, generally, we've not worked with with people who are as well organized and as on it yeah. as you guys, especially considering it was our first event. But you kind of, you half don't believe them. Yeah. And then I think it was funny because people from, so we ran it in, in the Hilton Newcastle Gateshead and people from the event team kept coming down to have a look around and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that and being and being told like, oh, I've been told that this is like one of the best, like <laughs> most well-designed kind of laid out things. So I just wanted to come and have a look. So at that yeah. point I was kind of like, okay, so maybe maybe we've done good. <laughs> yeah, maybe we've done good. And yeah, but again, you don't know what you, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and until you see it come together, even comparing to past events that you've seen other people yeah. doing, you don't know how you're going to measure up until all the pieces are on the board and it's start, you know, it started. So yeah, big setup day on that Tuesday. We had the opening reception, the early yeah. registration mixer, and that was uh, that was, I think, the the big thing that turned it for us. We'd start to we'd start to kind of lose some of that that was us kind of um cloud that we've been under for a, a few yeah. days um but it really cleared away when we went down to that register the early registration yeah and i i think it it was funny because we were we were up in our room getting ready and we kind of were, were leaving it about 10 minutes after the pre-registration started to go down make a fashionable and en- uh, fashionably yeah. late entrance and, and i have to admit i was procrastinating a bit and and faffing around because i was really nervous about going down because i was terrified about going down and there not being anyone there yeah like and it just being like a tumbleweed yeah. and and stuff and and so I was, I was kind of had that in my mindset of like, well, what if we go down and just nobody, nobody's turned up? Yeah. Like, because <laughs> the thing is, it was never pushed as a big part of the event. It was a convenience thing. Early yeah. registration, come along, get your badge, get all of your stuff um, out of the way. It was a two-hour window, and we knew a lot of people wouldn't be arriving till till the next day, especially because British Airways, um, big. Big shout out to British Airways. They had the single largest strike amongst their pilots in history on the Monday before our event, which meant we knew that there was attendees who'd had to change their travel plans. And so this all contributed to us being being completely in the dark as to whether anyone would actually come along to the early registration. Yeah. And and we'd, we'd arranged welcome drinks, so we'd paid for welcome drinks and things so that people could just basically come in, get to meet other members, uh, other attendees rather, in advance, you know, break the ice a little bit so that things yeah. would be a bit more relaxed. Um, so, yeah, so we had kind of like when we when we went up, all the glasses and things were laid out for the drinks and, and you know, all of the stuff was laid out for the pre-registration. There was, you know, T-shirts, swag bags, name badges, but it was that thing of, oh, what if, what if nobody just yeah. turns up to Yeah, oh, this? we go downstairs and there's like two people there because everyone's decided they're just going to come tomorrow morning. Um, so we stepped out the elevator and the way that the, the venue was laid out is you literally came out the elevator into the main hotel lobby and you took a right and it was pretty close to those elevators that you went through a set of doors into the private foyer area for the, the event. So this is all to say you hear the buzz the second you come out the elevator. So it was it was like that movie moment where the elevator doors part and then in a split second later you register the fact that, ooh. That sounds that's, like there's people. That sounds like there's people there. That sounds like it's people. But even then, 
until you round the corner and see them, you're still kind of like, well, you know, it might just be some people outside being a bit noisy, waiting for a taxi or something. Then we rounded the corner and actually we saw there was a lot of people there. Yeah, there was a lot of people already inside. There was a big queue, which we ended up joining because... <laughs> yeah, because we spotted a few people we uh, we knew, uh, Martin and Lindsay from Jammy Digital. So we, we joined the queue for registration at our own event to have a little chat Um but and then yeah, we we made our way into the uh, the main area, and it was it was buzzing. It was really really buzzing, and I think that was the moment we realised, and we remembered not even realised we remembered why we were doing this because people were in the space of ten fifteen minutes they connected. They were smiling. They were laughing. They were having fun. They all seemed to have a drink in their hands. Yeah. So the, the team were real efficient at getting drinks into people's hands, and that that little magic feeling in the air that we knew like we knew when we decided to do this was going to be a pretty special thing yeah. coming from just bringing together all of these membership owners into one space um we we saw it we felt it and almost in an instant i don't know if it's the same for you we were like yeah, this is why we're doing it. This is awesome. Yeah, I think for me, especially like that, you never know when you're bringing together a a wide range of people, and we have a very diverse audience mm. in terms of topics, types of membership sites, all kind of things. We had a very diverse range of attendees, so you never know if that's going to lead to things being a little bit awkward and stilted when mm -hmm. it comes to like social things, or whether people are just going to dive in and. I, it, I loved that we went in there and everybody was already in groups, chatting away, having fun, like just actually yeah. just socializing. There was nobody stood awkwardly and things like that. And, you know, it just seemed like, yeah, this is a really good crew yes. that we've brought together here. They, these people are here to to enjoy themselves, to learn stuff, but most importantly, to connect with each other as well, which was what I really wanted. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, we, we arranged various elements of the event specifically with that in mind, and we'll talk about that in a moment. So we got to hang out with those guys for about an hour before we had to uh, run off with our speakers to treat them to a little slap-up meal because we're all about treating our speakers well. Again, I think we said in the last episode, some events almost the, the organizers almost have a mindset that you should be grateful to be on that stage we're not like that we we recognize just how much value that our speakers would bring to our audience and also we actually we ask quite a lot of our speakers yeah. because with the exception of one and and that was a speaker where well, we two technically two technically yeah with the exception of one exception of one speaking act um, where we actually we just said, listen, do what you normally do because because that it's awesome. But everyone else, they created talks specifically for our event. Most of the time, you get speakers. These are all speakers who are pros. They're on the circuit. They speak at a lot of events. Normally, a speaker will have two or three talks that they deliver at every event. Maybe they'll tailor it a little bit, but we we ask them to do so much more than that. We ask them to write brand new talks just for this event because we knew that um, there'd be overlap. And also it was a specialist topic. It's a specialist topic, yeah. So there's a specialist topic. Um, so we knew that some of the stuff that people regularly talked about just wouldn't work for us. So we actually, we outright said... Like, can you talk about this specific thing, knowing that it would mean they had to um, write a, a, a talk from scratch? And also, you know, there's there's more and more events within just the online business space and the online marketing space taking place in the UK. And we knew that there's overlap amongst our audiences. So we didn't want 
to for for our attendees to to sit and for every single speaker think well I've seen them say this five or six times now so we were asking a lot so we treated them well and one of the ways we did that we took them out for a lovely slap up meal um I have to admit I I lost track of um of remembering that we're not attendees we're not yeah. speakers so while our speakers are enjoying the fr- the free flowing wine and all that sort of stuff we had to behave and constrain ourselves a little bit and that's something we had to keep reminding ourselves throughout the event we can't stand gassing on and gossiping on during during the breaks all the time because we've got to protect our throat we can't stay out with the social until midnight doing karaoke because we've got to be up early the next day so we had to be a lot more responsible than I, I yeah. thought we'd have to be at this event. <laughs> and I think that was actually one of the hardest things for me was was getting out of that attendee mindset mm-hmm. and into into that mindset of actually needing to be to be a on all the time yeah. because that is a very different thing. Where, and that that can and that's tiring. That's tiring being on being in not performance mode because you're not you're not putting on an act, but being honestly for a lot of people yeah. a central attraction Uh, yeah it's 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 very different and yeah knowing that like for me in particular I wanted to talk to everybody I wanted to spend as much time with people as I can I wanted to experience the event yeah but then yeah I think you repeatedly had to say to me you know you've got to protect your throat you can't keep doing that. you've got to protect your voice you know if you're in a big group with 100 people and everyone's talking loud you tend to talk over them. We can't do that because we've we've also got to be up on stage talking for the the whole of the two days. Um, and yeah, so many times I had to say to you, like, just remind you, like, get get lunch plated up for you beforehand. Go off somewhere private and eat it because we can't be standing in the queue to the to the for lunch yeah. with everybody else <laughs> so and you know we need to be finished by uh, if everyone's coming back in the room 11 we need to have our stuff ready by this time and that means we can't stand with a coffee chatting away so that was a hard that was an adjustment um that i think i was probably a little more equipped for because as a speaker at other people's events, you also have to be mindful of, you know, taking care of your throat, making sure you're not straining yourself, making sure you're not overdoing it and all of that. Yeah, and I I think it was particularly difficult because when people approached us at the event and said, you know, this is this has been a really good event and things, how have you done that? Like, quite honestly, the reason we did the event the way we did and all the little things that we did was because we basically sat down and said, what kind of event would we want to go to? Yes. And so we designed the event entirely selfishly as to if we were an attendee, what would we want? How would we want this to go? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we designed it entirely to want to enjoy it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so then remembering that, ah, but we Uh, don't get to... We have to actually work. Yeah, we actually, we're working here. So, um, yeah. So we had a great dinner with the speakers and everyone went off and we went back to the room. A little bit of um, prep work after we got back. Uh, So we had to like divvy up who was saying what on on the next day because there were a few times where we shared the stage. Um, And then... That what followed was a very sleepless night. Yeah, neither of us slept that night, no. really. And it wasn't for me, I don't know about you, it wasn't anxiety or nerves or stress or anything like that. I think it was just the the buzz from the It was the just day. adrenaline. <laughs> it was just adrenaline because it had actually um it had been quite an exciting night and yeah. we were on the cut we knew we were on the cusp of it becoming even more exciting. So I wasn't nervous, I wasn't like tossing and turning worrying. I, I was just 
was wide awake and i think we both were till like three or four in the morning at least so that was that made it interesting the next day um but yeah yeah. Uh, seeing as we hadn't slept that much in the week beforehand anyway i think by this point you know we were pretty much just running on adrenaline (laughs) yes and we were drinking less coffee as well yeah yeah. on the day because we didn't want we didn't want that kind of caffeine crash and stuff so um yeah that next morning was was certainly interesting um the honestly my one regret from the event is not being on the other side of the curtain on the other side of the stage when we had the whole intro video and light show again we just wanted we wanted to get people's attention and have something that made a bit of a statement in terms of just in terms of the reaction that it generated so we put together a cool little intro video our AV team, we work with them on a, a cool light show. We had Mark Asquith as the voice of God, like which um, was a role that he was happy to take, introducing us on stage with a big fanfare. But we were hidden in the wings, weren't we? We were hiding behind the stage. And I was bopping away to the music, like, I just want to peek out and look at it. <laughs> um, and then we stepped out, and our people were there. Yeah, yeah, it was it's interesting because I thought I would be far more nervous for that first for the opening and the keynote than I ended up being because you know I've mentioned already this was my first time properly speaking it was my yeah. first time being on stage it was my first time being mic'd up yeah. um you know it was it was my first time doing all of this but it was so I was expecting to be really nervous because it's not my comfort zone at all mm. but actually I think what the night before had done was it had made me realize that, you know, these are our people here. These are people who want to see us succeed. They're here because they already, you know, for the majority of them anyway, they already have a relationship with us of one degree or another. You know, they're not here wanting us to fail. Yeah. And it was that realization that actually this is a room of, of you know, there's a lot of love in the room. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's like, you know, in sports terms, you're playing in front of a home crowd. Yeah. So for me it was it that got rid of a lot of the nerves because yeah. actually, you know, these are these are people that I like and know. Yeah. As opposed to a cold audience yeah. at somebody else's event. That's the thing. When you're speaking to someone else's event, that's they're not your people. You might have some of your people in the crowd, but a lot of them don't know who you yeah. are. They don't know why you're on stage. You are, you have to almost convince them that you're someone to be listened to. Uh whereas whereas with this, it was a totally different kettle yeah. of fish. So we after a little bit of preamble, opening keynote came. I think we smashed it. Yeah, like I, I have to say, like I was nervous, but nowhere near as nervous as I thought I would be, and I did a much better job than I you expected a, I would do. You, you did a great job, you like, know, and no one like the thing when you do a talk is nobody knows unless unless it's real obvious. People won't know if you missed a bit or messed up your lines or did something out of order, but we know, and we know that you were pretty much not perfect. I was messing up all over the place, and I'm the quote-unquote pro speaker. I was, like, it was me who kept fluffing certain lines or saying things totally differently to how we'd been rehearsing them for weeks. You, like, you were the pro. (laughs) You were (laughs) carrying me for half of it. Like, I have to admit, I feel quite proud of how I did for the speaking front. 
I feel like I was quite awkward physically, like not sure what to do with myself on stage and things, mm. especially when you you were talking and stuff like that. I'm just, but I'm I'm but, a bit more animated with that anyway. Yeah. I'm a big I'm a big I talk with my hands and I pace yeah. a lot. And I did yeah. realise about halfway through we'd made an error by just putting one table of water, so I have to walk <laughs> behind you for it's, that. Which yeah. Andrew and Pete helpfully told me afterwards. Yeah, you should have one both yeah. sides. <laughs> but it's little little, little little things details, like that. But yeah. like tiny little details like that where I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. But actually, I was I was quite proud of myself yeah. for how how I did that. To be honest, yeah, I was real proud of you. I thought we we knocked it out of the park, and it was good to get that out of the way first because we were doing more speaking. Yeah. Not only we we were emceeing the event as well, and it was real important that we did because so much of our brand, so much of the way in which we show up for our audience, is very much about us being there, us being present, us being hands on. And so to have some random person introducing the speakers and trying to string everything together just wouldn't work. And we had a few things that we we knew we were announcing, and a few special things that again just wouldn't work if there was an MC. Um, but on top of that, we were hosting, so you hosted two panels, I hosted one panel, and we both did two mini talks each. So yeah. these were, we called them quick win sessions, which again, it's it ties into something in the Membership Academy um, with our quick win training there. And they were kind of real, heavily tactical, very membership-specific 15-minute segments. So we each had two of those as well. So we had a lot to do, but but eating the big frog, like getting the big thing, the big nerve-wracking thing of the, uh, the keynote, because all the other stuff, we could have cards with us on stage to read prompts from. The keynote, you can't do that. You can't stand up and deliver a keynote talk and be reading from a card. So I think, I think, because we, we'd considered whether we would close the whole event as the closing keynote. Um, but I think we made the right call in being the opening keynote because that made what came after for us so much more relaxed and so much less stressful. Yeah, and I think it did a good job of setting the tone of the event for attendees mm -hmm. as well. And we set and up a lot of the, the speakers. Yeah, so it, it we needed to do that opening keynote. And I think, again, you know, for me, being able to kind of have that first experience with you alongside me as opposed to standing up there on my own yeah. definitely made it a lot easier for me to get acclimatized with, yeah. with what was happening and, and know you were there that if I did mess up or if I forgot something, you were there to, yeah. to back and me up. That's the great thing because as, as, as much as working as a double act adds a few wrinkles into the, the preparation and then how you structure a talk, knowing you have someone on the other side of the room that you can just give a look to, to, to kind yeah. of telepathically say, okay, I'm lost. Just say say one line. And that happened a couple of times. But yeah, that was great. So I think we... we what are you laughing at? I was just laughing at it saying, you know, you could tell I totally leaned into it and got comfortable by the end of the event when I was giving you quite a bit of sass you by accident. Me, you were giving me a lot. You were throwing barbs my way. There was at one point, I think the biggest laugh of the whole event was you, was, was me saying I was going to do something and you said well, it was about time you did some work or something like that. Um, like, and people laughed at that too much. I, I, there was too much laughter at that. I don't know what would be offended, but you really, you really settled into it. Um, so yeah, I think it was such a great way of starting the day. Um, the rest of the day again went without a hitch. It was fantastic. Our speakers were all awesome. We knew they'd be great, but I think they all, 
over-delivered on our already high expectations. So, you know, we had Jan Murray, we had um, Jess Lorimer, Mark Asquith, Amy Woods. We actually got Janet Mark and, and Jess onto a panel yeah. After Amy's session, we didn't just we didn't just um, shun Amy. <laughs> we we got the <laughs> she'd just come off stage, and we got the the previous speakers on to do a little panel as well. Which normally panels are a bit can be hit and miss, but these ones worked really really well because um, it wasn't just a case of talking about what the speakers had discussed. It was a case of bringing them on to discuss a broader topic, um, and the reaction to those and the ratings that we've had for them afterwards. Uh, yeah, I've been quite surprised actually how well mm. they got rated. So there's always things that you you think, oh, I tweak and change that for next time, and there's definitely that with the panels as well. But I was pleased with how well yeah. the panels went down. Yeah. So I think four point four out of five is yeah. the, uh, they've scored which on is, our survey, yeah, which some, for a panel is well, great. panels is pretty awesome. Yeah, and we, we give the audience an opportunity to ask questions and stuff. And then we closed out that day with Andrew and Pete as our keynote as very very high energy because we wanted to make sure people were really buzzing when they they left the room because we had a real fun social uh, lined up. Yeah. So in terms of speakers, in terms of that on stage stuff. It it was a really, real great start. So good that the, there was a little bit kind of thing, wow, like we know day two is going to be a little bit different, but some of the things we'd done on day one, we, we did have that conversation afterwards of should we have spaced those out? Because that, that was such a good first day. But actually, I think starting so strong um, made what followed like even better. Just, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, we, we had a big social that night as well we really really wanted to make sure that the social aspect of the event was was given a lot of attention because as we we talked about in the marketing and the build-up of the event that yes the speakers are great yes the speakers deliver yes we're awesome all that sort of stuff but the real real secret sauce to what was going to make this event useful for people was the fact that they could be in a room with almost 200 people who are cut from the same cloth, who have stories, experience, lessons that they picked up along the way. Everyone has that common thread. And we knew that's where so much of the value from this event would come from. So we wanted to foster that because if we made it all about us or all about the speakers and we didn't pay attention to the social side and in making sure that we had stuff in place to help people connect and get to know each other and get talking and get comfortable with each other. We knew that they wouldn't get quite as much out of it, especially because on the second day in the afternoon, we we did group masterminds. So that was kind of, that was almost the culmination of all the connecting, all the socializing. We want to make sure that by the time those group masterminds happened, people already were at ease with each other. Yeah. And they'd maybe already started some conversations and maybe some of the stuff that they talked about with other attendees had given them ideas about what they want to discuss in their sessions. So while we did have some, you know, some more great stuff on, on day two in terms of speakers, a fantastic panel with Scott and Scott Devine and Jared Falk. Um, Diana Tower did a great, great session on um, community management and dealing with problem members. And we had another fantastic panel and some quick win talks. Really day two, the, the star attraction before we got to the closing keynote for the whole event where Chris Tucker took us out in style. The, the big piece was the masterminds. So 
we'd done a lot to make sure that the social element was taken care of before then. So we talked, obviously, we did the we did the welcome mixer. Part of the welcome mixer, we we had our essentially networking bingo, which I called Retango. <laughs> and lo- like, I, I still, seriously, how happy this makes makes my- it's it's just such a good pun. It's not a good pun. It's so bad. It's good. Retango was. <laughs> Was a, it became a running joke for the event of basically how excited I was about about this retango thing, like far more than I should have been. But I, I like the fact that people seem to get in on the joke um, about how yeah I was I was obsessed with this retango thing. So it was just networking bingo, just something that gave people a reason to talk to each other because um, they had to find people in the room who met different criteria and then get there them to sign a square on on the, the rectangle card um it's a simple thing we picked it up from social media marketing world and there were some people really got into it yeah i was quite impressed the the first night of the welcome mixer because again you know it's never going to be everybody's cup of tea but you yeah. hope at least some people will get behind it but the amount of people that were were going around at the at the welcome mixer yeah. kind of just we thought yeah. we thought people would maybe fill it in just over the space of the three days but we had people coming to us like 10 minutes after they got into the mixer and they they were almost done yeah <laughs> um and we had a little prize draw and all that sort of stuff to incentivize them so again that was done with the aim of the social like making those social connections having the the networking uh, or the the early registration mixer again having it even the timing of that having it end at 8 p.m which is around the time that actually people at, who've been at that might might kind of say to the 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 folks have been talking to hey do you, should we go do you have dinner plan should we go grab yeah. dinner like we wanted to foster that kind of stuff we made the breaks longer than they usually are at most events so the coffee breaks at most events 15 minutes for us we made we doubled it we made it 30 minutes um because i'd seen that at, at cma live uh which was an event used to run in scotland one year they decide to to make their breaks twice as long and just the networking side and the, the camaraderie that came from the fact that you had some breathing room to talk to people um, just made it so much better. So that also gave us a, a lot of padding so that anytime we creeped over in the schedule, we were able to very quickly get back on track. Although we've very, we were very close there to were, time. There were maybe, tw- I think there were two occasions where we ran over, one of which was me because because um, <laughs> I had a quick wind talk that was supposed to be followed by a, a, an announcement that we knew would take five or ten minutes. And as I'm doing my quick wind talk and I'm checking the clock and I'm thinking, wow, I'm so efficient. I'm going to end this talk bang on lunchtime. And then about two minutes from the end, remembered, oh, hell, I've got another 10 minutes of of talk to do after this. But yeah, having the longer breaks meant we could pull it back. We also made sure people were very well fed. So we had a great buffet. Um, So many compliments on the food. We made sure there were lots of seating areas around. um, There were snacks. There there was was snacks. There was coffee. There were cookies. There were pastries. Like We wanted people to to just be well taken care of so that in these breaks, because it happens, they weren't stood there moaning at each other about, ah, oh, is, really, is there really nothing to eat? Oh, is that all there is for lunch? Because that is what will happen at events. And I know, because I've had those <laughs> conversations and I've heard those conversations, so we want to eliminate that, make sure we really took care of people so that actually the stuff they were talking about was... W- was better it was more conducive to actually forming connections not just griping about um you know i can't believe 
for the money we pay for this ticket, we're not getting lunch. Yeah, and I think for for us as well, or for me, the creating a good experience for the attendees and having it as this all-encompassing, it wasn't just an event, it was an experience where you're taken care of. You know, we wanted to take care of our speakers, but we wanted to take care of our attendees as well. And making it so that they had as little as possible to have to think about or arrange mm -hmm. was a big part of that. So as we said, we, we did lunch, we made sure there was plenty of snacks. Even at the evening social, we had food there that was all paid for and, and things like that. So yeah, people didn't have to drinks. think about anything. Yeah. And and that worked really well for just helping create that experience, making attendees feel feel taken care of. And mm. yeah, meaning they didn't have to worry or they weren't thinking about, oh well, where are we gonna find for lunch or yeah. and things like that. Because that's that's it's just it's just the worst. And it becomes the focal point of your event when you don't take care of those little details. You don't take care of your attendees' needs. Like we've been to events they don't have drinks or coffee or anything during the break. You're ex you're given one hour to go wander out into an area you might not be familiar with and find somewhere for lunch and then make it back in time for things to start and that that becomes the thing people talk talk it, about it's at, quite stressful it yeah it is like planning it out um but yeah that becomes the talking point like there will be people who after your event will have 30 45 minute long talks about the fact that there was nowhere for lunch and it, it happens so we want to make sure that the social side was taken care of that our attendees' needs were met. Um, and in, in line with that thinking, we weren't originally going to have like a, a, a party or anything like that. We were going to, we thought, okay, we'll have the opening networking mixer, the opening early registration for a couple of hours. And then at the end of day one, maybe we'll have, we'll get the bar open. So in the foyer area um, of the event space, there was a private bar. So we originally thought maybe we'll have that open for a couple of hours um, while people mill around and then they can go off and do their own thing. And then on the last night, we'll do the same thing. But just, again, that 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 drive to want to really foster the social connections to make sure people are having fun and to make sure it was a memorable experience, we threw that out. We invested a bit more money into putting on a proper party at the end of day one for these guys. Uh, we chose a venue called Lane 7, which is basically like a college student's dream kind of party spot. <laughs> or oh, it's my ideal place to go. There was like pool tables, ping pong, beer pong, bowling lanes. Um, there karaoke. Was karaoke room, arcade machines, pinball machines. There was a, a, a drinks token, so we bought, everyone got a few free drinks. Um, there was a lot of food brought out. It was basically just like, it was fun. Yeah, and it was one of those things, again, where you never know how people are going to respond to that, whether, whether first of all, again, how many will show up and, mm -hmm. and whether they'll actually get involved in the activities. And again, we turned up about 10 minutes after it started. It started at 7? Yeah. yeah, seven. We got there about 10 minutes late, later and yeah, everybody was already, there was people already bowling, there was people already playing pool, you know, yeah. there was, everybody there was, like, was just already chatting at the bar and, yeah. and getting involved in the activities. So again, that was really great to see that just actually all my fears about there being awkwardness and people not yeah, connecting they, they connected. were unfounded. Yeah, exactly what we wanted to happen happened. And, you know, we obviously, again, we, we left early-ish. So I think we left about 10 p.m., yeah. which was like, an hour after we we planned to to leave, but we had to be sensible. We didn't drink much. <laughs> we left early enough to get some rest and all that for the next day. Um, but you know, we were seeing stuff on social where some of our speakers and attendees 
they were just having a, a awesome time yeah. in the karaoke room right through until closing, and they were getting yeah they kicked, got kicked out. They, got, <laughs> they were getting kicked out the venue because they didn't want to leave when it closed down. So that's always a sign of a of a good night, and definitely I think. Um, again feedback we had from that um bore out so this is this is really all in the name of just elevating that experience making it memorable and making sure that those connections were in place as we came into day two uh where we were going to have the masterminding sessions and just quickly another little thing we actually did as well because we knew we had attendees coming from all over the world this was the first time maybe the only time a lot of them would be coming to newcastle Mm -hmm. we also paid for some walking tours as well so people that wanted and i think about a a third half of the attendees About half came. of the attendees. Um, you know, we, we arranged a walking tour to take you from the event venue to the social venue. Yeah. So that you could actually see the sites of Newcastle on your way and, and kind of do some tourism as well. And that went down really well. It went too. down really well. And that, again, that was that was just thinking of how can we make sure that as much, like attendees have to think about as little as possible. We knew that like the venue for the party was about five minutes taxi or Uber away or about 20 to 25 minute walk. Um, so we thought, you know what, if some people are going to walk, let's, let's make it interesting for them. We hired the two, the walking tour companies and, you know, especially for our overseas visitors, they got a taste of, of the city and a lot of people had never been to Newcastle before. We had so many people come up and, and compliment, compliment me, on how nice the city was, yeah. as though I had something to do with yeah. it. I took credit for it, of course. Yeah, it's been in my family for a while. Yeah, yeah. and I, I kind of wanted to go on the tour because it was an hour-long tour, and I've lived in Newcastle for six years now and barely seen any of it, so yeah. I was quite <laughs> curious about like going on the tour as well, but yeah. I couldn't, unfortunately. So again, again, catering to the different demographics, I think, within our audience, because as I said, the, the party at Lane 7 was a bit more of a, a mic kind of party it was it was and Kelly and Kelly but you know it was my suggestion it was your suggestion but playing pool and, and table tennis and bowling and all that sort of stuff it's not going to be for absolutely everyone yeah. and we had a, a wide age range within our audience and stuff like that so again those walking tours just made sure that there was something for everyone I think um so yeah and I think you know the the fact that so many people told us after the event how much value they got out of the masterminds and just the 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 noise, the buzz, the energy in the room when those masterminds were going on, uh, I think showed that the extra effort we put into the social element paid off. Yeah, it wasn't just about it wasn't just about getting people the masterminds, but we knew that if people were awkward and stilted, then those masterminds would suck. Yeah, yeah, we. You know, it's always going to be difficult with masterminds, making sure that everybody gets the best experience so Mm -hmm. we wanted to do as much as possible to as mike said have people already have those connections so they were going into the mastermind feeling comfortable to talk about their business and things like that and and knowing some people rather than sitting down at a table just as strangers and you know originally we'd thought to ourselves well we'll mill around we'll kind of dot around tables and spend a few minutes at each but actually as soon as the mastermind started everybody was off they didn't need us interfering and actually it was better for us to just stand back and let people do their thing yeah Definitely, definitely. So that's sort of the attention to the social side, the attention to the attendees' needs um, was a massive, massive priority for us. We also um, kind of went out of our way to try and try and implement just some little special surprises, special moments. Again, you know, we talked about how we wanted like the stage. We wanted it to be a oh wow going to take a photo of that with our speakers we wanted their gift to to be again that oh wow that's what a cool surprise and we wanted those kind of things for our attendees as well um both to make the experience more memorable but also to to make it something that they talked about 
and that they spread the word about and that they remembered and told other people about, you know, for, for months and years beyond um, this event happening. So um, the first of those, I think, was on day one. And they're just it's a silly little thing. But in the afternoon break with day one, we'd actually got some, we'd got like ice cream carts, like the old vintage ice yeah. cream carts to Proper actually- fresh locally yeah, made ice cream. like real high quality awesome ice cream. We got them to come into the foyer so that when, when everyone broke for the afternoon and they went outside, like there's ice cream. Like who doesn't like ice cream? Yeah. Well, and actually we-, we know who doesn't like ice cream, people who are lactose intolerant. So we got them like, it was a sorbet, a sorbet or yeah. like it was just it was just cool like when we asked them that question it was like who wants ice cream <laughs> and I was like yeah. hell yeah we want ice cream <laughs> yeah that went over even better than i <laughs> it was expected wor- yeah but it was worrying because that was a day one treat we yeah. didn't have ice cream w- the next day yeah i was worried by the end of day one that we'd kind of like we'd, like we'd set gone, the bar a bit yeah. too high for day two because day two we we brought in kind of a like a sweetie cart so yeah. um i don't know if, if people in america have what we call pick and mix yeah they do do they have pick and mix which is basically you just go into a huge sweet store with a bag and you just go around all the different tubs of different sweets and put them in the bag um it's a very i, I associate it as a very british thing um i love pick and mix everyone loves pick and mix so we got again those kind of old school sweetie carts to come in during that afternoon break um while the mastermind was going on just yeah to we give had people... kind of a mini break in the mastermind with the sweetie cart yeah, and then yeah just to give people a little more of a little sugar sugar kick to get them through the last couple of hours um so again i mean that went down really really well but yeah after the ice cream we had we did worry of oh wow are they going to like the the pick and mix as much as the ice cream because they went bonkers for that ice cream and it was delicious with good reason it was delicious but they went nuts for it in fact because we were so busy and running around over the two days um our team were very conscious of making sure that anything like food like they'd plate it up or they would get the kitchen to plate up food for us um so we didn't have to worry about that and with the ice cream they'd actually got a, a tub of ice cream made up for me, just for me. I was going to say, just for you. I, I, I feel a <laughs> bit hard done by that. Yeah, they didn't. They, they were they they weren't bothered about you, but they got a tub of ice cream made up for me, and they had it put in the freezer in the hotel kitchen. So the next afternoon on day two, while everyone's masterminding, I got my ice cream from the freezer and wandered into the uh, into the room where everyone was masterminding to enjoy it at the back of the room. Second, I opened that door, the eyes darted. <laughs> Around the room, everyone was staring at this ice cream. And I heard a few people saying, oh, they've got ice cream again. And I was like, oh, no, we don't. I had to hide the ice cream and scurry off to the back. But, no, people love the, the sweetie cart. Again, such a – like, that. That it cost next to nothing compared to everything else with the event. But it gives such a good talking point, something different, something unique, something a lot of people won't experience at many events. And it was such – a simple thing but it was again just these little extra touches i think put the event over the top yeah and a little thing i want to mention here as well is that actually it wasn't just for our attendees our av team <laughs> enjoyed it our event team it. enjoyed it the hilton staff enjoyed it so like after all the attendees had had some like and everybody was back in the room the hilton event staff and things yeah. like that were coming down and having some so actually for me like 
being able to take care of the people that were taking care of the event yes. for us was also important because if they're happy... Exactly, they're that's the thing. If they're happy and excited and they're caught up in the experience of it, then that makes everything better. Although, it was funny with the AV team when I wandered in with my, <laughs> my spare ice cream the next day and I, I, I was sitting up near the AV desk because I was having to call out when you know when it was time to switch over the sessions with the mastermind group and they were like, oh, is there more ice cream? Is there ice cream out there? And I was like, sorry guys, no. This is just mine. This is a special one put aside. Um, and then they were kind of like, you're going to want some good sound, <laughs> good lighting later on, aren't you, for the keynote? And I was like, yeah, of course. It was like, you're going to have to cough up that ice cream. <laughs> we could sabotage this whole event. <laughs> like they, yeah. like they, yeah. they really got into it. I so think they enjoyed the sweets, though. They, they seemed to really enjoy the whole event. They, they did, you yeah. know, um, And as well, even just at the end, and on the the topic of taking care of people to take care of you. When we ended the whole event after um, after Chris Ducker did our keynote, which was a great keynote, um, when we ended the whole event, we we give shout-outs, we give big thank yous to all the different teams who helped us out. Of course, to our speakers, we got them up on stage for a speaker photo, but we shouted out the, the AV team. We named the company, you know, Huge shout out for R&B Group for the AV. Give them a big round of applause. Same with the event management team. Same with the Hilton staff. Same with our photographers who were phenomenal. Yeah. Tyneside photography services were incredible. Like the quality of those pictures is astounding. And how quickly they how were putting quickly them up. How quickly they were putting them up into like a, a, yeah. an online gallery within minutes of them being taken. They were, they blew me away, those guys. Um, and we shouted all them out because, of course, we did because they were incredible. And actually, the 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 AV guys were like, "That's literally the first time it's ever happened to us." Like they were so appreciative of of that, but it was well deserved because they, all everyone who helped us out, like totally delivered. So again, looking after the people who are looking after you, looking after the speakers because of what they're bringing to your event. So, so, so important you remember to do that. Yeah, and we definitely didn't have to do any of these things like a lot of events don't, and it does cost a lot more money. But I think, as we said in the last podcast episode, we weren't doing this to make money. No. So it was easy for us to invest in making it a good experience. Yeah, anytime we started getting in the green in terms of um, in terms of profit, we looked at what we could do with that um, to reinvest into making the event even better and that was a big part of the reason why we did the big social the the way that we did so you know again this this is why as we talked about in the last episode knowing what the purpose of your event actually is is important and um, accounting for it but even if you know even if you're you're not like us where it was just it was purely about putting on an awesome event an awesome experience that was a statement that would give you a, a lot of uh, marketing assets and content assets and you know for us it actually plays a part in retention because 75 percent of people at the event were our members and this is an opportunity to re-engage with them and and really get that connection that is is going to be conducive to helping them stick around in our membership um even if you're even if you're not approaching things that way you still need to pay attention to the social you still need to pay attention to the little special things um so yeah so ice cream um the, the sweeties, even little things like we had little branded packets of, of mints that we 
that's mints, M-I-N-T-S, and not mince as in minced beef. I realise my accent is terrible. Um, that we put around on everyone's table after lunch because no one wants garlicky breath or anything like that. Um, we we had a couple of little announcements as well that again Just were little ones, little ones that again were those real special moments. So the end of day one after Andrew and Pete closed down day one for us, we. Um, we announced something that we were were really really excited about um and that was the release of a, a new book that we'd been working on in secret we hadn't told anybody we were doing it and um the way that we did it was actually it was inspired i mean it wasn't inspired it was taken directly from something chris ducker did at his very first upreneur summit event where at the end of the first day he surprised everyone by revealing that he'd completed a, a new book no one knew that he'd been working on and that he had a free copy for everyone and they did an impromptu signing session that always stood out to us as a memorable moment from that event and we wanted to emulate it so we spoke to chris who got his blessing and um we wrote the book and the way that the way that we announced it was we told that story of what chris did and how much we wanted to steal it and that when we spoke to chris he gave us our blessing but he said the flaw in the plan is you would actually need to go and write a book. So that's what we did. So kind of in saying that line and throwing up the, the picture on the screen of the book and Callie pulling the book out of a bag, like the reaction for that was awesome. Um, we got a little standing ovation from it. And then we went out and did a um, did a little signing. And again, similar to like what Callie was saying when we did the opening networking mixer where we didn't know if anyone would show up for that. We kind of we didn't want to overly commit to to saying okay we're going to be sitting outside at a table waiting to sign your books because you're just going to look like an idiot if no one wants their book signed. Yeah, so I I was very much of the okay, so um like let yeah let's give everybody a free copy of the book, but yeah, is anybody really going to want us to sign it? Yeah, like so we we got a t- we got our team to set up a table and to to have some sharpies ready for us, but we'd said to to um, our attendees, um, you know, obviously, if you go outside, our team will all give you a free copy. And if you want to, we're going to go out and hang out. And if you want to come over and say hi, or maybe get your book signed, you can do that. So we kept it casual with the option of being able to jump down on a table. If people a safe want it. face, essentially. Yeah, just to, it was a safe bet because you don't know what you're letting yourself in for. But then actually... After after everyone went out and we were still kind of hanging around in the main room because we had a few we things to, to take care off. of, we had to get our mics off and stuff like that. Like one of our team rushed in and said, "Yeah, you guys are need to going to need to get out there because there's a huge queue of people who want their book signed." That was such a such a great moment. Not just the the reveal, but also the fact that the the signing meant that we got to have a little bit of FaceTime with so many people we otherwise wouldn't have had a chance to chat to. Yeah, and, you know, I loved so much, in fact, nearly everything about the event, if not everything, but my absolute favourite thing of everything was being able to talk to people, get to meet people and stuff, and and doing the book signing gave us the perfect opportunity to do that because people could come up, they could talk to us. You know, we got to find out things that about um, members, for example, that we didn't yeah. previously know. Um, and so that was awesome. It was wonderful to actually yeah. 
get that. I think it took us about an hour and a half <laughs> in the end, uh, but it was just amazing to be able to get that time with yeah. people. Being able to, like at an event where there's so many people in the room, being able to have some one-on-one time with so many of those people like is ju- was was unexpected. Yeah. We had to make peace before the event with the fact that there would be people who came who wanted to speak to us or say hi and they just wouldn't get the chance and maybe they'd go away a little disappointed. You know, they'd go back and say, it was a great event. Oh, it would have been really nice to have had a chance to to just say hi to Mike and Callie or something like that. So that was that was real special for us, again, in the name of having those kind of special moments. Uh, another great special moment. Now, if you're an Academy member, you'll know every month we do the Academy show, which is our little roundup show of any news, um, success stories and wins from the Academy. And on that show every month, we crown a member of the month, someone who has contributed to the Academy in a real big way. Um, and yeah, we name one person every month for that. And we realized as, as we were seeing the ticket sales coming in, quite a lot of those people who had previously been crowned member of the month were at the event. It was about half. Yeah, about half of them. Yeah, about half of the people. And we've been doing this for like nearly two years. They were at the event. And we also, knowing that, decided not to crown the previous month's member of the month, but instead to delay it until retain. So we got to bring all of our members of the month up on stage and show them a bit of love and get a big round of applause for them, show our appreciation, give them a little um, a little gift um, to, to mark, you know, just cause it was nice. But then we also got to announce our member of the month and get her up on stage as well. We didn't warn these guys. We didn't tell them. Um... So it was a surprise for them. And again, it was just a real special moment for us uh, to be able to do that. So that was awesome. That was day one as well. So when we say day one, kind of set the bar high, we had all these awesome speakers. We had the big energetic closing keynote from Anna and Pete. The the Our opening keynote, which is actually like the highest rated of all the sessions we've done. So obviously people really enjoyed that. Um, we had the ice cream, we had the social, we had the members of the month, we had the surprise book launch. We packed a lot in. <laughs> we packed a lot in, we set the bar high. So while we were absolutely buzzing at the end of that first day, there was still that little bit of concern that, okay, is tomorrow going to be a little bit of a... Yeah, I was worried. Like I I loved it and it was an awesome day, but I did have that little bit of, oh dear, are we going to are we gonna be able to live up to this tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, fortunately, I think we, we, we did in many ways. Um, it was a little, it was a different that second day because of the fact so much of it was about the masterminding. But it, it almost made it, – it didn't feel like it was a uh, a step down in terms no, of what no. we delivered on in any way, shape, or form. The sessions were great. Um, we had another little surprise, which um, I'm not going to reveal too much about because this is a one that was for the people in the room. But we announced something new that we've been working on, something that we knew that people would – would be salivating over when they found out about it. We knew this would get a big reaction. That's why we kept it for day two. But I don't think we were prepared for just how crazy people would go when we announced this. No, it, it was a little bit weird, and because I sort of left you to announce this on on your yeah, own. It's something. It's it's something that I'd been working on myself, um, predominantly, and it's something we hadn't even going back six months. We hadn't decided fully whether it was something we were going to pursue, but actually um, we we knew we had to to bring this out. And you'll find out more about this in the coming months. If you were at the event, obviously you know what we were talking about. But 
the way in which we kind of built to it and the way in which we announced it, it was very much a, you know, Steve Jobs at the Apple events always used to go, at the end of the event, it would be a, oh, one more thing. And then he'd drop a huge bombshell. It was literally designed and scripted to be like that. And man, we got the biggest reaction, two of the biggest reactions. One, when we told people, when we revealed the, the one more thing, <laughs> we've we've done this, um, got a big reaction. But then also when there was another point as well, which got another big reaction for that when we revealed a particular detail about it. Um, and that was before lunch on, on day two. Yeah. So that sent people away really buzzing. Um, lots of people tweeting and stuff on social. And uh, yeah, that was that was a real special moment as well yeah it definitely was and i was at the back of the room watching kind of yeah. thing and and definitely didn't expect quite as big a reaction as that there were got. like screams <laughs> there were screams and you know it was wow that was like yeah well, i knew this would be big but wasn't quite expecting that i feel i feel bad for not being able to talk in specifics about it but you will find out about it um a little way down the road, but it's something real new and exciting that we're going to be uh, bringing to our academy members, and um, it's something that we, yeah, it's something the membership space needs. It's something the membership space needs, and I think that that was validated. We always talk about idea validation. I think that yeah. <laughs> was some solid idea validation. So, uh, yeah, and then again, we had the the sweetie um, cart in the afternoon. And I was it? I'm trying to think of. And then it? we close when we close things down. Oh, yeah. We kind of um, we didn't do an official party or anything, but we put some money behind the bar in the Hilton and invited everybody to to head over there for a kind of closing drink and yeah to toast a like successful that. event. Although you know we put we put more money behind the bar than we thought we'd need to. Um, but about like 15 minutes after we sent everyone away, the the bar staff came and said. Okay, so that that money's all gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, do yeah, you want still more? Got people left. Still got people waiting for a drink. But and, yeah, that was that was a real but, cool way of, of closing the event. Just being yeah. able to actually hang out with with people in the in the hotel bar. Yeah, and for me, that was a huge testament to what we'd actually been able to pull off as well. Because we've been to a lot of events, which is where we got a lot of inspiration from this from. But we know that usually these kind of things, where it's kind of an unofficial closing drinks or whatever, maybe twenty five percent, thirty percent of people actually attend. So that's you know, we'd we'd factored in maybe fifty percent would yeah, stick around. Because we knew for that. some some people had to rush off. It had been a long two days. We'd done a lot with these these people. So this was more a case of if you're hanging around, yeah. then you know, there's a little area called Nub for us in the in the main bar. We put some money behind um, the bar for everyone to to grab themselves a drink and we'll come out and toast this with you. It was it was very much a casual Yeah, it was low key. Yeah, it was very, and, very low key, but, but almost yeah, everyone think, stayed. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Almost everybody stayed. And I take that as I do take that as a huge testament of what we were able yeah. to achieve. And it was it was it was real nice for us to then be able to just go through and hang out with everyone without needing to worry about, okay, we've got to protect the vocal cords or we've got to do this or we've got to do that. We've got to think about this thing that's going on tomorrow. We could just relax and soak in the the, the feedback and the praise because everyone was kind of falling over themselves to tell us how, how much they enjoyed the event and all that sort of stuff. So we thought we'd hang around, we'd have a drink with everyone for a couple of hours and then we'd probably want to just go back to our hotel room, order some room service and then just crash all the adrenaline would just hit a wall and we'd we'd just be exhausted 
But actually, no, we were still buzzing. We wanted to keep it going. We ended up doing dinner with some speakers and some attendees and then hanging out in the bar until, you know, later on that night. Um, Yeah, it was, I think it was almost kind of like a, a symptomatic of the fact that once we, once we got things going, everything from there on was just an enjoyable ride over the two days. So it didn't feel like we had to, we were really, really straining ourselves to put so much into this. And then the second that it was done, we were just like, oh, thank, thank that, thank the Lord that's over. It was actually once we got that big hurdle of the, the keynote out the way and once all these little special moments and all this stuff was happening we were just enjoying the ride yeah and i think if i'm i'm totally honest um you know a big thing for me that just really buoyed me up and filled me with energy was just all the great feedback people yeah. were saying like the amount of people coming up to me and you know giving me a hug and and saying how much they were enjoying the event how useful it was and all of that like to me that was just incredible that yeah. just made my heart feel so full and i was just so energized from that yeah and i think you know from from being in a place earlier in that week where we just wanted to get it over and done with to then being in a place where we kind of didn't want it to be ending yeah um is probably one of the most dramatic turnarounds that we've had in in all of our years of, of doing business and we've been doing this a long time so yeah that was that was amazing it was so incredible and then obviously um, you know, as things quietened down, we were still in town for another day or so. Uh, we got to look back and check out the photos and the social messages. Um, we Some attendees have brought us gifts and really nice cards and stuff like that. So we got to enjoy that. And we kind of got to... We got to enjoy it. We got to yeah. bask in it. We bumped into a few members um, over the next day or two in yeah. town. One in particular, Carol. I love Carol. But I think after the fifth or sixth time that we bumped into her, she was getting a little fed up. Because <laughs> 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 there's only so many times you can you can say goodbye and say, oh, well, you know, thanks for coming. Here's a hug. Um, but then you know, we just kept bumping into her like five or six times. Um, and then, yeah everyone it was over everyone kind of made their way home and on the saturday uh, after having a nice dinner with um with friends the night before we packed up the car we went back home and it was that strange thing of of getting back to our house that for the previous couple of months had just it had been a, a whole bunch of boxes and signs and stuff like that that would been clogging up our hallway and Callie's office and our our gaming room because we have a room just for video gaming because we are nerds like they were all gone and there was there was kind of the remnants of the 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 build-up the preparation for the event and so it was really weird it was almost that going back to reality as though the event had been kind of like an out of body experience yeah. kind of thing yeah i was a little sad i was, I was a little sad, sad it was all over it was a little sad but you know again and- just being able to to read the the nice messages, the nice cards and stuff like that. A few a few of our speakers or attendees had sent us um, copious amounts of alcohol, which you know we we got to enjoy a tipple or two, having to be restrained over the course of the event. Um, so it was real nice, and it, it was even since then. Like we've been, we've also sent out a feedback survey to attendees. We want to get that out as as close to the event as we could do. So again, like the feedback. You always brace yourself for some negative stuff or constructive criticism, but it's almost all been just wall-to-wall beyond what we'd expect, positive feedback. Like, I don't think there's been a single black mark in any of the feedback that we've had, which is, is nuts because 
like surely there should be it's our first event and we were burned out and we were run ragged and we didn't know what we were doing and yet we somehow pulled it off so lessons learned i think um we obviously stuff that we covered uh with this in terms of the on the day pay attention to the social pay attention to the little details take care of your members needs because if you don't that's what a lot of people will latch on to and that will become the subject of conversation the fact that you you leave them with their own devices to buy their own lunch the fact that the coffee is terrible that there's no snacks there's no water on the tables um that also becomes the focal point of the conversation take care of that stuff think about ways in which you can make the the experience memorable the little surprises the special little touches the stuff that doesn't happen every day or doesn't happen at every event um definitely take care of your speakers especially if you're asking a lot of them which just asking someone to come and speak they're bringing a lot to the table they're doing a lot of work but if you're asking them to go above and beyond if you want them to feel excited about being on your stage you have to take care of them yeah and i was so proud of all of our speakers and and how they yeah. delivered for us and showed up for us yeah you know we had even janet murray janet murray speaks at a lot of events she's spoken at a lot here she runs her own events she's spoken at events in the u.s and she said to us three or four times and has said it publicly as well on social media that she's never felt as taken care of as a speaker before and that that absolutely meant the world to us because that is what we were going for because we don't want them sitting there resentful or thinking about anything other than the event we want them to be all in so take care of your speakers hire good people the fact we had an amazing av team the fact we had an event management team who were so on it the the venue the photographers were incredible the videographers everyone just brought it um but if you hire those people let them do their job get out yeah. their way uh, I, I, that first day for me the amount of times i found myself wandering in the out in the foyer outside while everyone was in the main room the talks wringing my hands kind of looking for the event team saying what should i be doing feels like i'm meant to be doing something and they they had to kind of really shake it into me of no no we've got this yeah and even our own team like sam and laura from from our team so we've met sam before a couple of times laura even though we've worked with her in one degree or another for seven years <laughs> we've never actually met her before yeah and she and, she lives like 30 minutes away yeah and so it was awesome to actually to actually see them in people person in, in person <laughs> yeah. yeah and actually the fact that you know i was really worried that you know this was going to be really boring for them they'd just be standing around and doing stuff but they both loved, they loved it. it like a, a i think they got on really well as a team anyway but just they were already like asking when are we doing this again you know if yeah. you guys don't plan it we're going to we want to do this again yeah definitely so that brings us to the question are we going to do it again if you asked us at the start of that week or if you'd asked us at pretty much any point in the two or three months before the event the answer would have been a diplomatic oh we'll wait and see but actually the real answer would have been no not a chance we're never doing this that changed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think we both came up away from that even just the first day like yeah. oh yeah we want to do this we're going to be doing this again so um we will be nothing is nothing's booked in we want the the thing we didn't want to do we didn't want to do this yearly for a variety of reasons one it's not a topic where there's so much change or things move at such a pace that there'd be enough to talk about next year right because it's so specialist that um 
we just didn't want to be repeating ourselves or run out with subjects, run out with speakers and this, that and the other. But also for us, this whole process has been a year. It's been a year in the making. And so if we wanted to do this again, same time next year, we would need to start that process again, literally the day after this event finished. And we didn't want to do that because as we've said a few times, this event isn't a focal point of our business. It's not a revenue generating element of our business. It's more of a nice to have. And it was awesome. It was a great experience, but it's definitely more of a nice to have. And because of that, we need to make sure it doesn't draw focus away from the academy. Because while the last year, the academy keeps going from strength to strength, keeps growing, um, it's probably the most cons- like the smoothest um, period with the academy yeah. in terms of there being no major overhauls or this and the other. But there's definitely been times where we've kind of felt, not that we've taken the eye off the ball, but that we haven't been able to do a few new things or try some new tactics or or invest a bit of extra time in the academy we haven't been able to do that because of how much has been going on with planning the event so i think we both agreed that we do it again it's more likely to be every two years yeah definitely i think that works well for us it works well for attendees as well because we do have so many coming from abroad as well and asking them to do that every year that gets expensive it does and also we've got to give them time to to miss it because you know i think it was anissa holmes um who you know known for a while um good friends with anissa she's been on the podcast she's a member she's very successful with her membership she runs live events uh herself and she i think it was her who said that if you do it every two years, then by the time the anniversary of the event comes around after one year, then people are thinking, oh, wow, this time last year, I was at Retain. And then if you start selling tickets, then they're going to be more likely to think, oh, wow, I'm definitely getting my ticket for next year. You've got to give them a little bit of time to miss you. Um, and also, yeah, for, for us, for the topic, for keeping things fresh, then yeah, I think every two years works. Yeah. Although I do like the idea of doing some smaller kind of, even just mem- more more organised member meetups yeah. in the interim, just to keep that connection, because I do love actually getting to... That's to, our favourite part. Considering I'm an introvert, yeah. I absolutely love being able to spend time with members and, and, and non-members as well, and yeah. actually getting to know people. Because again, it's they're our people, and that's, again, another big lesson learned, is keep in mind that if you're organising an event, these are your people. And yeah. that means that they're more forgiving more supportive more loving more driven to want to see you do well and to contribute positively towards your event than if you were working with a cold audience so that's definitely something uh, to keep in mind i think in terms of if we were doing things again with hindsight having that 100 crystallized decision on what came next it would be great to to know that in advance because then we we even just being able to announce it and and have it in the program and stuff like yeah. that, um, it would be nice rather than being like evasive when people ask yeah, us that question. So many people were asking, you know, can yeah. we buy a ticket for next year? <laughs> and we didn't. While we'd we'd had those little conversations between ourselves, like, okay, we're both kind of agreed this was being great. We could do this again, couldn't we? But it would probably, you know, we were having the little conversations about it would probably be t- every two years or whatever. We were also very, very mindful that we were caught up in the buzz with the current event. So we didn't want to commit to anything. And then a week later, when that buzz has subsided, be regretful, but stuck because we'd already announced it. So 
Yeah, with, with hindsight, and this is something that would only be possible with hindsight, having that knowledge that, yes, we would want to do this again would be useful Um, and would be good. Yeah, and I think as well, knowing that the next time we do it, it's not going to be as much of a stressful burnout yeah. process in the run-up as well. Knowing what we do now and having a lot of things already in place means that next time around it'll be so much easier and smoother to run so we won't get into that burnout place. Yeah. Because a lot of that burnout comes from not knowing, comes from not knowing like what you don't know and worrying about, okay, well, I put together this running order, but like, is that right? Is that enough? Will the AV team know what I mean when I say this? Having all that experience and all those doubts quashed and having um, the first year as a template is is going to be definitely something which which helps with the stress and the anxiety and a lot of things that we've designed they're done now they can be reused they can just be adapted there's some stuff that we've you know some signage stuff that is it's there like we had a big six foot by ten foot uh, logo of retain as part of the staging that's built that's now in a workshop um or warehouse, sorry, with our AV team ready to just pull out next time we do it. So there's a lot of reusable element. Plus, we'll have photos, we'll have, um, you know, comments and feedback from our attendees. We'll have videos of the event that will make the sales and marketing side of things uh, a little more enjoyable. Because as we said on the last episode, selling event tickets bored the hell out of us. Yeah, and also some of that burnout wasn't just from the event itself, it was all the other things we were trying to do, like writing the book for yes. the event, like creating the other secret project yeah. to announce at the event. And, you know, we, and also, we also rebranded. We went through we, a rebrand. <laughs> we went through a rebrand this year. So again, you know, I, I, it's, I don't think it's being overly optimistic yeah. um, to think that if we did this all over again, the actual workload, the stress levels and all that sort of stuff would be minimal in comparison. Yeah, and we would probably speak less as well, or rather speak more, but in shorter sessions. So yes. I think we would do more of the, you know, the quick wins that we did were overwhelmingly popular. Yeah, the like most, people loved them. Yeah, the highest rated segments of all things we've done, because obviously we sent out a, a survey to our audience and about three quarters of them have filled it in. And those quick win sessions are the most, the, the top rated sessions of the and whole thing. And our keynote. And our keynote as well. And I mean, all our speakers got incredible ratings as well. Um, so it was important that we opened our first event that we were the first speakers on the first day to kick this thing off. But having done that already, there's less of an impetus on us to do that next time. And so I'd be more inclined to to have more of those shorter sessions with us so that we still have a large presence um, in, in over the day without the the added stress and workload for us of um, of doing that opening keynote because our opening keynote was about the state of the membership industry and in two years like the, there's one event that we go to where they open every year with the opening keynote from the founder of the event where he does a state of the industry and what happens we've been to that event we've seen it four or five times what happens is either nothing's changed <laughs> or is is stretching. He, he kind of like, he'll focus the whole thing on this newfangled platform that by the time next year comes around has, has disappeared. So we don't want to get into that. We don't want to get into a going through the motions uh, situation where every year we do yeah. the, the opening state of the nation address. And then we have to, we have to sit down and, and like really scramble for ideas of what we can put in there just to fill an hour. 
Yeah, and I think the only thing I would really actually change is making it a little bit easier to allow members to find people in similar niches. Yeah, that would so be So that's good. the only thing it's I would a, really change. Yeah, that would be it would be a challenge to do. I think for the masterminds, it would be in some ways it's great to have people from different markets and industries, but there are people who would prefer to just be on a table with other people with music memberships and share ideas there. So that's that's definitely I'd love to find a real good way of facilitating those connections based on commonalities and we've we've been throwing around a few ideas so that's uh, that that's something to think about um uh, but that's the great thing about where we are and having that experience now behind us is that it now becomes about fine tuning yeah um we know what worked we know I wouldn't say there was anything that didn't work but we we definitely know where there's areas that we'd like to improve based on us seeing them play out and also based on some member fee, uh, uh, attendee feedback. So, yeah, I would definitely um, do that. The only other thing I would do is I'd start ticket sales later. Yeah, either start them later or do them in other bursts. Yeah, I'll so do them that, in bursts, yeah. Because yeah. having having ticket sales open for a year, we had a few, we had various points throughout the year where the price went up. Um, so we had like, we had... Pre-sale, super early bird, early bird. And actually, we discovered through all that, people don't care as much about the price as you might think. Uh, we had a, our biggest surges of ticket sales were right at the beginning and right, right at the end. And there were a couple of those price bumps that got, like, they got no reaction. Um, so I'd probably have a shorter window of time. And the reason it was so long was because we we wanted to stagger these these price increases. I'd have a shorter window of time, um, and that would probably help us stop getting really really bored. Yeah, <laughs> with, with selling the the tickets. Um, but that's about it. You know, it's it, it's funny we we decided we knew we were doing this debrief episode. This was always going to be something that was done within the week or two after finishing the event. But we had no idea whether we'd be here talking about a colossal disaster or whether we'd be doing what we're doing now, talking about something which completely blew away our even most optimistic and hopeful expectations. And we're glad that it's the latter. It's probably not as dramatic or as interesting in hearing two people say, you know what, we did our very first event and we hit it out of the park. Everyone loved everything. All the feedback was amazing. There were no big problems and all that. But hopefully in what we're talking about, we've been able to communicate, you know, how that came about, how we were able to pull that off. And if you're someone who is thinking of running your own live events, or if you're already doing them, but you know, you're looking for ideas to fine tune them or what have you, hopefully this has given you some food for thought. And if nothing else, hopefully it's just been an entertaining and an interesting little look behind the scenes at our very, very first live conference. Is there anything else to say? Just that I, you know, I, I love this even more than I could possibly have expected. Yeah. And all the feedback from everybody has been just amazing and just incredible to hear. It has made all the stress worth it. Definitely. But I do now feel like the pressure's on for the next one. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. You know, we need to top that now. Yeah. And it's it's weird because I'm now at that point where this feels like this is a point, okay, now we can stop talking about retain for a bit. Because yeah. it's there was that kind of thing where everyone's going home and you're kind of like fewer people are tweeting about it fewer people are mentioning it like it's realizing that actually people's it's lives done it's done people's lives are going on and so we don't want to be you know sitting around months down the line saying hey remember that time at retain so this is a nice little um full stop 
on that of course if you're an academy member or if you are at retain you will have the recordings of the sessions to come if you weren't able to make it to a retain and you're not an academy member then that's a very good reason to become an academy member we're going to be adding all the recordings from all of our speakers panels and all that sort of stuff in the academy over the next uh i think december january yeah december january it'll be yeah there might be one or two sneak in there a little earlier um so yes yeah, so there's still some good retain goodness to come. I'm actually looking forward to seeing some of those sessions back because there were a few that we didn't get. Not both of us got to see all the sessions because we we scheduled in little times where we could get a little break and we could um, rest up a little bit, the benefits of having two of you. But uh, yeah, other than that, I think we're done. It was an amazing event. So, so, so grateful to each and every person who came. We had people from around the world who made that long trip. I mean, it meant so much to us yeah. to be able to actually speak to so many people. If we didn't get the opportunity, I'm pretty sure you spoke to literally every I person. I really tried came. to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there might have been a few who avoided me, in which case, you know, fair play. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, that was real special for us. And just know that even if we only got a chance to speak to you for 30 seconds, it still was hugely meaningful for us. So we want to thank everyone who came, everyone who helped us uh, make it what it was. We're not trying to claim that this was all our doing. We had amazing support from the team at Beacon House, the team at R&B Group, the team at Tyneside Photographic Services, at the Hilton with Sam and Laura from our team, Claire, our, our fantastic designer for the amazing program. Our sponsors, Memopress, Simplero, Buddy Boss and Freedom WP. Those guys are awesome. We appreciate all their support. And yeah, anyone who ever liked a post, shared a post, spread the word about Retain, I think that's everyone. Yeah. <laughs> that is everyone. I think we've, that's everyone. We thanked um, everyone. Yeah, and we're going to put some pictures in the show notes, are we? Yeah, if you check out the show notes. So if you check out last week's show notes, themeasureguys.com slash 220, we got a few little pics from the behind the scenes and the build-up um, that you may have seen on social, but we we put them on the uh, show notes for you as well. Check out this week's show notes, themeasureguys.com slash 221, and we'll have a few of our favourite snaps from the event itself as well. Uh, all right, so that is it for this week. I know this has been a long one, but hopefully it's uh, it's been worth your while in hanging out with us today. Thank you so, so much for listening to the show. Regular service resumes next week, where we'll be back with another dose of proven practical tips on growing your membership. But until then, thanks again for listening to the show. We're out of here. Thanks, everybody. If you enjoyed this week's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out membershipacademy.com. The Membership Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a membership website. Whether you're still trying to figure out what your idea is going to be, or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Membership Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Membership Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. Check it out at membershipacademy.com.